This is Frosted Tips with Lance Bass, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hello, my little peanuts. It's me, your host, Lance Bass. This is Frosted Tips with me and my lovely co-host, Michael Turchin. Well, hello there, everyone. Okay, we do need to talk about a few things before we bring on our guests. Um, All right, one, I mean, Barbie is the talk of the world right now. And I want to remind everyone that there is an NSYNC Barbie. Yeah, did you forget about this? Did you have them? I never knew about it to forget about yeah, it. Yeah, uh, I kind of forgot about it too until I saw someone post about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, we had. Because it was Barbie, uh, NSYNC number one fan Barbie. Did y'all know that Barbie is, is NSYNC's number, number one, one fan? fan? Yeah. Oh, damn. It's a thing. It's Ooh. a thing. Uh, they had three. They had Barbie, which came with the Bye 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 CD. Obviously. CD. Uh, Teresa. Oh, um, and Teresa. Let's see, Teresa was this. I promise you this one, and she had this. I promise you, and then Christy had it's gonna be Mac. Uh, so there were three NSYNC dolls, and uh, I'm sure now that it's the new thing, they're yeah. gonna come back out and they're gonna release new CDs of us. Oh, yeah, CDs only. CDs only. Yeah, with the bucket hats and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so, very excited for that. So Good. if you still have your NSYNC Barbies, they're probably worth at least ten dollars. At least. At least. Uh, something that I've been wanting to talk about on the show. What? Uh, you know, there's weird things happening at concerts these days. Yeah. Uh, the one, people are starting to throw cell phones and water bottles at artists. It's just like. Like, why are people throwing hard things at artists on the, phone, on the stage? It's like, this cannot become a trend. No. This is, I mean, if it becomes a trend, guess what? They're going to be taking your phones away at the door. That's going to be fun at a it's concert. Also, so they're going to start arresting people. I mean, yeah. No. I mean, it is. It's, it's assault. assault. Yeah. yeah. You can't do it to someone on the street. Because what's her, who's the one who, I mean, it cut her face? And, uh, 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 baby Rexa. Rexa. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's nuts. So let's not make this a trend. But another thing that happened that was kind of a little off was Miranda Lambert. I'm sure yeah. you've heard, um, kind of stopped her concert and scolded some fans for taking a selfie. You know, an influencer, obviously. No, know. it wasn't an influencer. Yeah. It was a group of middle-aged women just having a girls' night. They've got a VIP table at the Vegas show. Oh, so it was Vegas. Yeah, it was a group like, of, so like, like one of those sit-down tables. Yeah, they were taking a group photo. So did together. they go to the front of the stage? and No, they, they were selfie. in their booth just taking a selfie of themselves. And, oh. thinking, and like, had an opening so they could see her on the stage. Well, that's even them. worse. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So it wasn't, they, they were, like, in the distance. Oh my, okay, that's even worse. Yeah, Miranda. and so Miranda then stops the show, says, Wait, why, why are you taking selfies during my show? Blah, 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 blah. This is my impression of Miranda Lambert, in case you didn't know. And uh, just like, it was, and then like when they finally like, how about we listen to some country music? And then before she started, she like looks at the fans, she goes, and motions with her hands and then says like, sit down. Tells them to sit down. I'm sorry if I would have, thrown my phone at her head that, no you would i would have thrown the bottle um yeah that's a little i mean maybe she was having a bad but night. i saw videos come up she did it two other videos oh, i saw from two other concerts I, one man was just turned around talking to a friend and she stopped the whole thing and it's like i think that's mighty rude you're turning your back to me sir oh my god it's like get over yourself woman they paid what how much money to go see you see you used to be grateful that they're paying money to see your butt and number two, they paid it. They could take as many selfies as they want. Like who you own them? They paid you. You don't. You don't. Like, uh, uh. That's all I can say to you, Ugh, Miranda Lambert. This is uh, 
uh, I'm so ruffled I can't even articulate it. Ruffled feathers with turkey. But can you imagine, like, can you imagine Taylor Swift being like, oh, you're taking a selfie at my concert. Let's shut down the whole show. Well, I understand if they're really interrupting a show, but that's not interrupting a show. Like, if you had, like, lasers, like, trying to blind, I would understand. If you're heckling or you're screaming, of Uh, course, you're taking a photo and you're in in, in your Vegas act where you're doing this every night. So get over it and be happy that you have a thing in Vegas and people want to take photos of you, Miranda Lambert. Yeah. Well, if you ever see me performing, you can take as many selfies as you want. Yeah. Just going to put that out. Just don't throw phones. Just don't throw. Not on my face. But you could throw cookies. No, not even cookies. Throw cookies. What would I like throwing at me on stage? I mean, I do like a plushie just because, you know, my kids will take all of them. Yeah. Yeah. So throw this this secret stage that I perform on, I guess. I know. I have so many performances. I know when I perform, please. Well, next time Lance performs at your local um, bar mitzvah, remember, don't throw the man's shepherds at him. Okay, let's get to Donnie and Matt right now. So uh, let's take a little break. When we come back, we're going to have the boys uh, INT. Now, this is going to be something new for most of y'all, I think. Uh, this guy was in a couple of boy bands. Donnie Klang, who I'm day. sure we all remember from Making yeah. the Band 4. Yeah. I remember. I remember. You like, watched, see, I never got to watch the Making the Bands. Yeah. Um, well, you were busy being in the band. Well, I think O-Town ruined it for me. I'm like, I'm not going to support another boy band. Wow. Uh, how dare you? Way to be inclusive. Uh, but I do remember Danny DeCane a lot. Like, that, that, that stood out. Well, they were like the big success yeah. of like, Making the Band. Yeah. 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 So Diddy canceled them on one of the seasons. Fired along because they were in an argument and he was like, oh, his ego is so bad. They're like, don't talk back to me. Well, guess what? The group's over. Bye. And oh. this ended the group right there. Oh. Because they talked back to him. Well, <laughs> uh, Diddy doesn't have the most popular opinions, I have to say. Maybe I'll tell that story later on oh. on the show. But until okay. then, let's take a break. We'll be right back. Let's just get right into it, guys. Here we go. All right. Donald Joseph Klang is an American singer from Brooklyn, New York. Started his career as a baby modeling and then a young age getting minor roles on shows like Nanny and YPD Blue. But ultimately, you know, Donnie from making the band four where he was awarded his own solo contract by Diddy. Welcome to the show, my man. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys for having me, too. It's a pleasure to meet you, Lance. Uh, And introduce your friend here. Yeah, so this is Matt. Uh, this is Matthew Laporte. He is my business partner here at our recording studio in New York, the Loft Sound Studio. Yeah, so Loft Sound. Tell us about Loft Sound. Uh, it's a uh, recording studio. You're all finding new artists and all that. Oh, yes. Yeah. So we um we opened in 2011. This is like at the tail end of when I was doing my artist stuff. And the transition from being in the spotlight to not being in the spotlight this was like home. This was like, we opened up this spot to try to like kind of still do what we love, but then also share our knowledge and our network and everybody that I met in the business through the years, share that experience and share that knowledge. And then also continue artist development because we came from that. I know you came from that. That was like something that was missing for a while in the business was development. So we kind of filled that hole and and it, it turned into a, a business for us. I mean, it's so true. Uh, I always say that, you know, when when we were kind of going up in the business, it, it was all about, you know, really that ARing of anything. Now, 
you have to have a full album to get signed to a label these days. Like no one puts any work behind the artist and tries to develop them anymore. They're just like, listen, you got to bring me a full album. We'll release it and basically be your PR this yeah. time. Uh, what are some of the lessons you learned from being in the business that you want to kind of pass forward yeah. to the new generation of artists? Yeah, I mean, it's like the the work ethic and then also understanding that getting signed to a label isn't the holy grail. It's like... And I think that's that's why we've even stood the test of time. I know when we first opened our studio, studios were kind of failing. People are able to do this more and more at home. Mm -hmm. But having people that actually care and have genuinely experienced stuff and we're here to not only share like what we do here as producers and songwriters helping people make their music. We're also here to like warn them about certain things in the business, especially now with Instagram and these sharks that come in their DMs and what kind of playlists should they get on and how do you get on and what's just fake and what are bots it's like it's insane but we've we've had to grow and evolve with social media and just stay kind of ahead of the trends ahead of the times and it's it's kept us as young as possible (laughs) (laughs) it's true you do have to evolve uh matt how did you get involved uh in music when did you start so i met donnie actually in high school we went to a private catholic school uh we were about 13 years old this was in 1999 and uh we just had a love for singing. I know NSYNC started emerging around that time, Backstreet Boys. So we were like, we can do this. So we actually put together a boy band yeah, and uh, taught ourselves how to do everything, record, write, produce. Um, we used to go to malls and just sing acapella to gain fans. Then we would go to concerts and we would steal other people's fans in the audience. <laughs> um, one of the concerts was this girl group called Play. And they were managed by Beyonce Knowles' dad, Matthew. Yeah. He called us backstage and he started managing us from that day forward. He brought us to Sony. We got uh, a deal with David Massey. Uh, we were like 16, 17 years old. Mm-hmm. And then, man, then the stories start yeah. happening. <laughs> What's so crazy is like when we do interviews or whatever, we usually ref, we always reference NSYNC. We're oh. like, because that's what it was we're like this is back in the in sync days so of course we had our own boy band and it's like that's what we say in interviews which is even crazier now we also we wanted to bring this up quick oh like, uh, yeah we both have stories of when we met you oh god what happened oh, Matt. <laughs> i actually met both of you about two summers ago in p-town okay. oh yeah i was there with my wife and outside of one of the restaurants yeah. And I, was, I didn't really want to bother you, but I, I was like, what's up, man? I'm a big fan. I took a picture with you, but. Uh, uh, yeah, that was the last time we were in P-Town. That was a great, that was, we call that the super spreader. Cause that was during like COVID. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And oh, after that trip, cause it was 4th of July, it just blew up on the it, East Coast. I'm like, I think that was our trip. That did our that. trip did it. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. I go there every summer. I take my, I've been taking my kids there since they were born and That's we love it there. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, such a great town. Uh, so INT is the boy band we're talking about, right? So how many guys were in this group? So, yeah, we we had two different groups at this okay, time. So, and there were two different high schools, right? We uh, So I went to Catholic school for two years and then I switched back to public school. So there was like we we were two different groups at two different points, but it was basically the same group of guys. We were play deception first. That was our name. Nice. Uh, playa, because we said that we, it's super embarrassing. We said we look like players, <laughs> but it's just a deception because we're nice guys. <laughs> if, if it wasn't embarrassing, it wasn't in the boy band yeah, category. Yeah. And it was in 1999. 
So, uh, but yeah, we, we lived it though. It was like, that's something I tell everybody too. Is like, even the making the band days, the development part of it. And like that first season of the show. And then like what I did with Matt and our group members, we still have our group chat to this day. It's like, to me was the best part of the experience of anything I did. It's better than getting signed. It's better than like doing music videos. It's like those times in the group, like, and I know, you know, this, it's like, you can't replicate that. Just that feeling of just being able to blend and the harmonies. And it's just like, you can't, you can't even explain that. Yeah. It's magic. It's magic. And and the bonds that you have for the rest of your life is just incredible. It's a family, you know, that you just, uh, you know, they don't have to be blood, but they are family for sure. Right. Um, so let's talk about making the band because yeah. I was definitely at the age where I didn't, I didn't get to see any of the making the bands. Well, one, when it started, we were kind of on tour and so I couldn't watch any TV. Yeah. You watched nothing. Um, there, and then when Diddy took over, like I just never really, I, you know, I knew Danity Kane was formed there. Uh, so tell us the experience on how you got on this show. What was the audition process yeah. like? So this is February, 2007. Um, they did is very similar to like American Idol. They go to a bunch of big cities and uh you wait in line. Actually, at this point, MySpace was huge. Oh, and yeah. I won this MySpace contest that gave me an opportunity to cut the line the first day. Oh nice. So I cut the line, I went in, I saw Mike Bivens from New Edition. He was the first judge. It's super, super similar to American Idol. You go in, you sing something. They either say, yes, you're coming back or no. And then that's it. So I went in, I sang like two lines for Mike Bivens and he's like, dude, dude, you're good. Come back tomorrow. So I didn't really get to experience like the scariness and the cutthroatness that first day. But when I came back the second day, the 50,000 people was trimmed down to like 200 of New York's top talent. And I'm this like skinny white kid going up against these incredible singers like these guys could way out sing me it wasn't even like i'm like what am i doing here there was like a moment where in my in my head i'm like i either need to go home or but back then i was just young i was so hungry and i just flipped this switch where i just became a sponge to everybody around me and instead of it being like like a competition i was more of like just trying to learn anything i could from anybody that i was getting a chance to to meet and go up against and that was it i made it through that day and then then it got even more real. Then you meet Diddy and they flew in the best of the best from around the country. And uh, but the development part of that process, I we always say it, me and the guys for making the band, it, we feel like that was the last of it when they they were still developing artists and putting you through those boot camps and the rigorous like dance classes, vocal coaching, making sure you're working out and staying on top. We had this this vocal coach that made sure we were eating the right things and the throat coat teas and like i i feel like that doesn't really exist as much anymore in the business no i don't Um, think it does and and that was something you know i i started when i was 16 and we immediately started doing all that i mean it was a boot camp you know it was about what you ate you had to you know exercise you had to rehearse every single day in a crazy warehouse 110 degrees to learn how to sing and dance at the same time uh but yeah i mean it's 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 crazy that we don't have those, I don't know, that bootcamp situation with these new artists today, because I think, I don't know, they would learn a lot more. Yeah. And, and, then, and then they would take care of their voice a lot. Cause I know all these singers now, I look at them, the ones that are especially, you know, really singing. I'm like, I hope they're really taking care of themselves because that's going to go out when yeah. they're like 35 years old. 
Like you see it too with with a bunch of these artists that come off these shows. It's like you're going from being a nobody to being a somebody overnight, and then capitalizing on that 15 minutes of fame, the labels are just sending you right out to tour. Like Kelly Clarkson, I feel like I, I remember the story. She blew out her voice or something right after oh. that first season. Oh and yeah, like you don't have the proper training. I think it happened with Adele. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a perfect example. Like Kelly's a perfect example. Someone with a voice like that that can just well, like a Celine Dion, a Whitney Houston. Like Celine, from she was 13 years old, she was always training her vocal. I mean, she. I mean, even to this day, she's you know always so great about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's part of the game. You got to keep yeah. up with. Yeah. Um, Diddy, are you still in touch with Diddy these days? Like, what's your relationship with very, him? Very loosely. It. Uh, it just like decreased slowly over the years and then something would happen. We'd be back in touch. We a handful of times pitched him artists over the years. Um, so actually with our studio, one of our biggest successes is this girl, Madison beer. Oh, yeah, I love course. Madison beer. Yeah. She came to us. This is like a perfect example of us getting a chance to do what we do. She came to us when she was 12 years old. She was going to school of rock and her dad was like, they kind of do more rock stuff. We're looking for a place that does more like contemporary. We're like, yeah, we do. This is what we do. Pop R&B stuff. Um, and she came to us. We developed her for about eight months. And this is also on those early days of YouTube. And her videos were just organically going viral. Yeah, she was doing Within a year, she got discovered by Scooter and Justin. And she got picked up by the management team. But even her story, it's it's not a fairy tale. It's like she got signed. But she got signed to Scooter the same year Scooter was signing everything. Yeah. yeah. She got signed, I think, in the same couple months that Ariana Grande got signed. And then he was just signing like Martin Garrix, Psy, Gangnam Style, whatever was hot right at that moment, he was signing it. And yep. she kind of got shelf too. And that's that's what happened with us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Matthew Knowles. We're sitting here thinking 15, 16-year-old kids, like we just got signed with the biggest manager in the business. But they're the biggest manager because of the artists that made them the biggest manager. And that's where the focus goes, the energy goes. And we sat here, his home base is in Houston. And we sat here in New York, just kind of like getting lost in the shuffle. And then we'd get excited when he'd send us out for a month and then back to school. And our friends are like, what are you guys doing? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It's always better to be the big fish in the small pond. Uh, Going back to Madison, I, one of my favorite things that she did was that KDA group. Yeah, uh, the, the K-pop, you know, cartoon, uh, gamer, whatever. Uh, I thought that was so dope. Oh, yeah, Kim, Kim <laughs> I wish Kim Petrus, like all these girls, Be came together and created this fake kind of girl band. Uh, <laughs> and I, I wish they would have continued that because that was that was some really good music, some really good songs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's so talented. She, she was always very talented, and then especially like once she got a chance to catch up her image with her age i think that was one thing for her was she was 13 but she looked 19 and then the label wanted her to sing these kitty songs but then it didn't match her image and then she wanted to sing these songs that she couldn't sing about yet because she was too (laughs) young so she she needed that time of like just like her image catching up to her age and and she was always her musicality was always crazy she loves like old school like those Amy Winehouse types of chord progressions. And now she's getting a chance to do that. And it's finally like all adding up for her. Um, says there, you know, you did an episode of the nanny and of course, uh, Fran Drescher is hot topic these days. Were you able to, uh, work with her? Did you get to know her when you did that show? I did. This is also another super embarrassing, uh, okay. so we love embarrassing uh, yeah. first things. Yeah. <laughs> 
this is, I must've been like nine or 10 years old. Mm-hmm. I had the typical nineties bowl cut. Yeah. And uh, my mom had me doing like extra work back then. I was in the Screen Actors Guild. We lived in Brooklyn, so we would run back and forth to the city all the time. So The Nanny was one of the shows. And this was my first speaking part that I ever had on a show. And so the episode is uh, Fran Drescher goes on the Rosie O'Donnell show. And all of a sudden she leaves the Rosie O'Donnell show and she's super famous because whatever happened on the show. So I am her biggest fan waiting outside for her. And my line is, oh, my God, the nanny, can I have your autograph? And then she says no. And I turn directly to the camera with this embarrassing bowl cut. (laughs) And I don't know how they edited this in, but my face is like so close to the camera. And I had to be like, "Mm." (laughs) she's like, all right, all right. One more autograph, kid. One more autograph. Oh, my God. So good. It's so funny. We uh. I, I like getting a group of people together, especially that are in the entertainment industry. Oh and, my God, yes. and we like to say, okay, bring your most embarrassing or your first thing you've ever done. And we yeah. all have to watch it together. And at first you think, oh, this is going to be funny, you know, but then it kind of just gets even too embarrassing to watch. You're like, oh my God, we, we should not have seen this. <laughs> oh, it's so best bad. Entertainment. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, you you were doing things before that because uh, you also started modeling as a baby. Yeah, I did. I did. Um, and we need to talk because I'm telling you, we were scrolling through yeah. your Instagram today and your daughter Tatum yeah. looks like our daughter's twin. Like wow. I know their faces oh, are so similar. It's so, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is Violet. Uh, yeah. But it's so great I- because... Our our daughter doesn't have a uh, hair yet, <laughs> so now we can see what she's going to look like when she has hair. Yeah, like, <laughs> how how old is she? Uh, she'll be two in October. Okay, yeah. So Tatum just turned two in June. Yeah, oh. same thing too for a long time. It took forever for her hair to sprout out, and now it's sprouting in and it's curly. She like Tatum in <laughs> London. That's my two daughters. They're three and two. They look like exact opposites. People are people don't think that they're siblings yeah that's like our kids too yeah they both look they, they don't even look like the same ethnicity to be honest no, they don't. <laughs> like, no. she's like this? she looks like a, a russian doll and and he's like <laughs> argentinian just like they're complete opposite and opposite personalities yeah, yeah. Uh, being a dad a new yeah. dad um is it hard for you to balance the work family life because i mean what i see on instagram you are a very present and fun dad yeah yeah it's tough it's like even leaving this morning i'm like pulling out of the driveway and they're like running down and i like stop the car and run back to give them hugs it's like uh, i know oh. it kills, it kills yeah, once they start crying when you leave it's the oh, worst the worst matt do you have any kids i do i started a little earlier uh i have a 12 and a 13 year old boy and girl oh yeah. wait so how's that how's the teenage years uh, god um aging very quickly <laughs> it's, it's hard middle school is tough man i remember when i was in middle school too it wasn't easy but man just kids are not nice and it's, no kids are assholes social media, like you can't escape when we were in school whatever happened at school you go home and you kind of escape it but now kids go home and they're getting messages on instagram or social media you can't True. escape is there's no escape anymore Oh, it's so true. I know it scares me to, to 
to think about what kind of world they're going to be living in when they are in school. Like, what is the next thing like social media that's going to just give right. them the most complexes ever? Oh, in 10 years time, Lord. Uh-huh. Yeah, there'll be zero privacy at all. <laughs> no, it's crazy. So uh, now you also uh, auditioned for American Idol uh, a couple of times. And I know that process because I have so many friends that went through that. And yeah. the most talented people I know, like the, the most gorgeous voices I know, never made it past the first round. It's like, you had to have that luck of like, yeah, you'll do, you'll do, you'll do. Um, yeah. And you didn't make it past those first rounds. And I think that's what made you kind of have a little bad taste in your mouth for the music industry. Is that what made you take a little, a break for a while? Yeah, that was, so that was like, that was just coming off a bad string of stuff. It was like our group broke up and then it was, then I'm at the point now where like I took the time off from college and I'm seeing all my college friends like either living it up at upstate or Miami, wherever they went, or they're graduating and they're like starting their lives now. Yeah. And yeah. I was just trying to figure out what to do. Then so then it was like American Idol. I'm like, let me just try out for the show. Like hopefully I get through. Maybe this will spark a little something. And then when I got cut from that, that was a moment in my life where I was like, I was working at a warehouse. I didn't even know what I was doing with my life. It was like music was the only thing I know. And then that's that set up me for like just that extreme fire because then that next like eight months i was really just honing in in my room trying to like write songs and put stuff out i was building a little following on myspace and and then when making the band came around that was like if i didn't have that fire set from that i probably wouldn't have even fully got through the show because like i said it was so intimidating these people that were there and it was crazy what uh what songs did you have on your MySpace? I miss MySpace. Oh man. <laughs> Tom, yeah. Tom was in my top eight. Tom. I think he was in everybody's top eight. <laughs> my first friend, I think. Uh, everyone's first He's friend. All of our first yes. Friends. Yeah. I saw Tom because you know, like the threads thing blew up for a day. Um yeah. And he was the first person I saw on threads. He's like, all right, guys, are we doing this? And <laughs> it's still the same picture from my MySpace. Yeah. Never- okay, yeah. <laughs> so funny, so Even that though, I remember thinking back, like that was one of the things. So when Facebook first came out, you needed a .edu email yeah. to sign up for it. And then I had this girlfriend that we broke up and then American Idol. And then she was on facebook and i couldn't see what she was doing so i was using friends facebooks to try to stalk her and see what she was doing of course all that just like lit that fire in me that i was like i'm gonna show i'm gonna get famous and just rub it in this girl's face motivation it's kind of always the best motivation yeah, yeah. Uh, a, little, a little revenge career revenge yeah a glow up revenge uh, yeah <laughs> um on the and making the band you know at the end of uh season four um, you end up not making the band because Diddy wanted to bring you solo. Uh, he thought that you had what it takes to be, you know, I, I, I'm sure he was thinking like Justin Timberlake, you know, so what did you, what did you envision your solo career would look like after doing a show like making yeah. the band? Yeah. And, th- and then this is where some of the politics get tough. Like when you sign as a new artist, um, creative control, like goes to the heads of the labels and especially Diddy. So for me, I was I was probably more of like doing like Neo type of stuff that I think resonated better with people rather than when they put me in the studio. I think they were really trying to pin me as like another Justin Timberlake. And I don't think that reads right to people that because I mean, as much as we danced in our groups, I was never like a dancer first. I was that was always 
that was more forced than I could make choreography look good, but it was never, that wasn't my strong point. So that was, that was definitely, and that's like what I try to teach people now is like, it, it gets real when you get signed and that you, you kind of want to have as much leverage as possible going into your deal. Cause then if you blow up off of something that you did that you believe in and just works with you, the label is going to have to continue pushing that. If you get signed too quick and you just get signed off your talent or your look or whatever, it's like they're going to try to mold you into what they think is going to work. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. We have in common uh, opening up for Janet Jackson. Uh, which for me was just, that was one of my top highlights of my life. Uh, we got to do the Velvet Rope tour. Absolutely. So incredible. Uh, what was it like for you uh, to, to open up for Janet? It's pretty, it's pretty opposite, actually. Um, oh, really? <laughs> oh, didn't God. get to end up opening that tour, but somehow oh, no. it still, like, lives on in Wikipedia and all that. Oh, it was my so God. Cool. I know, that's where we got it. You know what? You just, you just go with it. I find that no one, <laughs> no one cares. Yeah, Janet was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no one cares great, about right? we're in a fact-free world. So yeah. if you say it over and over again, You're people are just going to believe it. So. There, was, there was a point where I just got so to the point where I was like, yeah, it was amazing. She's yeah. so... Yeah. But now a couple things too I old. do that with too. Like there's, yeah. I hear things over and over about me that's just not true. And I just, now I'm just, I go with it. I'm like, okay, I'm not even going to try to... Some of the stuff, like it's been so long and I've just become such a regular human being that I don't remember what actually happened and what didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, I bet it probably is like a dream. Yeah. yeah. So what he, are we working on? He did this? open for the Backstreet Boys, though. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, where was it? Backstreet Boys. Talking with the enemy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that was the wrong side. <laughs> so, I know. I'll, I'll just throw this out there. As much as I love both groups, I was definitely more of an NSYNC fan. But oh. I got to open up uh, for them. This was when Kevin wasn't in the group. Okay, yeah. yeah. So this is like 2008. And then uh, Kevin went, he left a little bit because he wanted to do acting. I think he was trying to do the acting thing for a few years. But it was awesome. It was like, so for me, it's like I got thrown into this world as a solo artist where I was so used to singing in my groups. So yeah. that tour was cool for me because it was like I was hanging out with the boys, throwing a football around before the shows, like going into sound check and just like that camaraderie feeling. I got a, a chance yeah. to kind of like have that again. Oh, sweet. And then especially with a group like that, like it's mm -hmm. like I grew up, I was inspired by you guys. Mm -hmm. So to to have a chance to do that was mm -hmm. super cool. It's funny because, you know, back in the day, guys really didn't admit that they liked NSYNC. You know, it's like it was sometimes just not cool to say that you liked a group like that. Um, but I've noticed now that we're older and like, you know, the fans are talking to us, like the guys, for some reason, guys really went to our group so i don't know what what is that why as a guy did you like in sync over backstreet you know what i think it's because what because every guy secretly wanted to be in a group because like, yeah. 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 you want to be all like cool and exactly yeah. so like they're secretly loving it because they want to be in a group yeah. i mean i did i for sure was oh i wish i was yeah, who would turn that down yeah it's like here, here's the world and here's for us we're probably the wrong people to ask because that's what we love and what we grew up on but it's like for us to me that that was the exact dream like 
the the I guess back then it might have even been VHS tapes, but maybe it was DVDs. But oh, yeah. like the documentaries on you guys, and then seeing the Europe tour and looking out those windows and the thousands of people, just that sea of the crowd, and then even like like we were saying, the artist development part of it, like we getting a chance to peek in and see a lot of what you guys went through. That to me was the dream. That was like what I envisioned was that was the dream, like going through that process getting molded and shaped and getting your talents to the best of their abilities and then getting this hit song like going into the studio and working on a bunch of songs until you know you found the hit and then that hit song and then you have radio stations playing it nonstop. back then with the the vmas and everything so that to me is one of the most iconic moments in pop culture history that I still reference and I still use to motivate a lot of the artists that we coach today. I use three different things. I use Whitney's national anthem, I think at the Super Bowl. I use Beyonce's Super Bowl halftime show. And then I use NSYNC's VMA's 2000s. That okay. performance, that's, ahead, the, the yeah, that's just time. like, it was so <laughs> yeah. ahead of its time. And then like you're dancing and really singing live and they had your mic on too loud for that split second and then they lower it. And it's like just that those moments to me, that's iconic because it shows like you guys were really singing and really moving and running and dancing. And like, it's insane. That's like that to me. That's what I use to show people like this is the level you need to aspire to get to. I mean, it is great. And it's really about your team. I mean, it's really linking up with those those people that can make you who you're supposed to be yeah. and that you know for us wade robson is the one who created yep. that amazing performance yep. uh you know if it was just put up to us five guys it wouldn't have looked like that <laughs> so you know the right vocal coach the right choreographer the right manager the team is what really takes your talent to the next level um uh, were you could y'all easily find that group of people uh for your career like did you have that person you could always like Create and get with me. Like, okay, this is what we're doing. It was tough. We were we were doing a lot of it ourselves. Yeah, yeah. and five boys trying to do it themselves—it's a nightmare. <laughs> you well, know, yeah. five different personalities. It's hard to. Yeah, I always say it's like wrangling cats. It's uh, <laughs> very hard. Yeah, we, we never really we found had a reunion in twenty-three years. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's insane. I think that actually was like the downfall of us. We never had that like real team. None of our families came from music. Yeah, uh, you know, we got involved with matthew knowles i don't know if that was the greatest thing for us so yeah that's what i mean that's what we do now in our, our studio we we put together teams for people yeah you know, that's great and, uh, that's great especially in a world where everyone gets so taken advantage of right now especially uh, young artists it's it's like how how have we not learned our lesson guys like i even did a documentary on how lou perlman screwed us all but like people still will sign that contract at, at 16 years old yeah well, when it's presented to you you know it's like well it's this or nothing so mm -hmm. most of the time like you're just gonna take whatever yeah. you're offered and everyone thinks oh first contract's bad i can renegotiate and yeah. you can't renegotiate yeah that's where that's where i was at actually i was uh, we signed our deals just to audition for the show so that's like almost even worse off uh, yeah. and then you win and you basically sit with a lawyer that shows you what you signed there's no room for negotiation or anything it's just like so here it is this is what it is and for years i was stuck in that contract i didn't get out of that until like 2013 oh, and in 2010 i had def jam flew me out they were trying to like get me out of my contract they flew me down to atlanta they they put me up. I worked with producers. I made like eight or nine songs and then I got back and it just took too long to get out of the deal. 
So it's it's tough. You gotta really be careful what you what you sign. Yeah, you do. Um, who was the most exciting person that you've met through this business? Oh yeah. Oh, actually, you never, uh, never told the story to tell, of how you yeah, guys the met. Story of how I met you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you never got to that. So the most exciting person that was me. Okay, yeah. good. 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 story. <laughs> this was Justin Timberlake was having a grand opening for the restaurant Southern Hospitality. I think oh, it was called. Yeah. It was a barbecue yeah. place yeah. in the city. Mm-hmm. And this was when I was just starting my making the band stuff and the first couple shows had aired. So the PR team had me going to stuff like this. So I ended up going, I hung out with you guys. We were playing beer pong in like the back downstairs area. And me and you were on the same team, actually. And I'm me sure we picked that. Played, yeah, but JT was knocking our shots out when we didn't bounce it. So <laughs> he, he was playing Speeding? a little bit illegally. <laughs> of course, of course. But we would have won. Yeah. Uh, well, if we would have done flip cup, I really would have kicked his ass. All right. So that's, that's my game. That's yeah, my game. That's your game. It's still going to him. Is it? Oh yeah. I think. Right. No, maybe it's not open. No, oh, never mind. It closed, never mind. but it was really good. <laughs> it was good. Southern food while it lasted. Yeah. Got a lot of his grandmother's recipes in there. It's really cute. It's really yeah. cute. Um, when you've been on stage, you know, the big thing right now is, uh, assholes throwing things at artists on oh, stage God, yeah. um and then of course miranda lambert scolding someone taking a selfie so have you ever had a moment on stage where you've been hit uh, and what do you think about this new trend of artists trying to be nailed by things yeah that's that's <laughs> ridiculous i, I saw drake crazy. got nailed with like a 36 g bra or something <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah it did just happened well yeah. at least that wouldn't hurt as yeah. much as a freaking yeah. beer bottle on no, I, I do remember because a lot of i mean the level that we got to on the show was never really that big we did a couple like five thousand seat places maybe that was the biggest we we really got to but a lot of our bread and butter was doing the after club performances after and of mm-hmm. course, those would get rowdy. Everybody's drinking. So that used to happen to us very frequently with like beer bottles or water bottles or anything like that. It was it was insane. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember uh, it, this, it only happened to us in Europe when we started over there because we lived in Germany the first couple of years. And yeah, that we'd get a lot of beer bottles thrown at us because we do those festivals, right? Where those yeah. people aren't your fans. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> you know, and some festivals go to like three in the morning and you'd go on at three and just yeah. everyone's wasted, wasted and you're just dodging beer bottles every, as you're dancing <laughs> on stage. Uh, I miss the days when they just would throw plushies on stage. It was just soft teddy bears. Yeah, what happened to teddy bears? Yeah, what happened hours? to that? Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> up. All right. We have a frosted tip we'd like to get from you guys. Uh, so uh, you're someone who has heard no from this industry a couple of times before and, and you know before you got your big break what's the advice you can give people who keep hearing no over and over and over again and whatever their career path is what makes you keep going yeah i mean it's it's definitely like what you do with that no like i said there was i could have like turned away after the whole american idol situation and even after our group i can't even tell you like the matthew knowles is just one of a hundred things that happened with our group and the entertainment business specifically it's like whenever you're pouring your heart into something it's very easy to get let down that much harder and get your heart broken over it because here you are and that's why people probably sign those crazy deals because it's like, this is all you want. This is going to change your parents' life. Or this is like, you've dreamt about this since you were a little kid. Or it didn't happen for my parents. And so now I'm going to make it happen. Like, whatever happened with our groups we had. And people take advantage of that. So mm-hmm. it's just about being very careful. 
and just continuing to always make it about why you first started doing it. And just when you're writing your music, don't try to conform to like what people are doing now. If Olivia Rodrigo put pop punk into the music world now and everybody's trying to now make stuff pop punk again, don't let that change what you were doing. Still continue to be you and then take every single no and just use it as fuel, use it as motivation and get to your next no. The more no's you get to, the closer you're getting to that yes. 99% no's. And yep. it does make you stronger, but it still hurts. It does. <laughs> I know. Still, still, still hurts you when you get nervous. You're like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> it's the business. Yeah. Um, we have some fan questions for y'all. So uh, this is from oh, yes. Tiff Ryan. Go ahead. Okay. Fan questions. We have Tiff, Tiff Ryan. What is your favorite memory touring with Day 26 and Danny DeGain? Oh, wow. Any memories yeah, so I'm, yeah, from what I can remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I do remember there was the, so Danny Kane was back then similar to, they had the presence of like an NSYNC where yeah. the five of them, that like powerhouse and like us coming into the show, they were famous already. And we were like, I was a fan of them. So when we did our tour together, it was so much fun. This was like finally my chance to tour bus, the bunk beds, the yeah. stopping in every state and then running into hotels, leaving at 4 a.m. for the radio shows. And we were all doing that together. We got super close. Um, and then the L.A. show ended our tour and I got pulled out as a surprise and got a lap dance on stage from all five members of Danity Kane. And it was incredible. <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. Uh, we do, we see Aubrey like every once in a while. Every once in a while, yeah. I still I stay in touch with her. Yeah. Actually, everybody I probably talk to her most frequently. Yeah, yeah. no, she's she's great. Uh, she was she did some just came out with her right with uh, Donald Trump Jr. <laughs> like something, something like new. Well, she's, a, a relationship she's speaking. With, she's been speaking about it again. Oh yeah, because uh, they dated like yeah. for a day or so. No, for oh, months. Oh, from and I might had okay. a full affair. You know more than I do. She remembers you. <laughs> years ago at yeah i remember her Texas telling us that but i was like i, don't, I wasn't out. comprehending that she was really talking well now about she's it. finally talking about yeah. it on a bunch of podcasts mm. like in depth well, she's airing out all the dirty scandalous scandalous right. the aubrey story is when they first took me day 26 and put us with danity kane that we were now filming this making the band was kind of turning into the real world and we were all moving into a house together we sat behind cameras and we were like let's fake a relationship. Let's make this like even crazier. And then we actually kind of did get close and then just yeah, things got a little crazy. What happened was um, they flew us all to Miami. We were living in Miami. We were working with different producers and one of the producers names was Donnie and Aubrey messed around with this Donnie. And then it, the word was getting around and then the cameras spun this that Aubrey and Donnie did whatever uh, last night and then oh, it just turned into this big thing and with it yeah <laughs> yeah it's good it's hey, going it. <laughs> any press is good press right? yeah like sure we totally <laughs> all right there's another fan question from uh tracy wheelie 24 do you do people ever refer to <laughs> this question god do people ever refer to you as dr love like <laughs> um yes <laughs> so I mean, it happens. It happens. It happens very 
infrequently now. It's just like I'm at a random place and it'll happen. Like I'm sitting at Applebee's with my wife and kids and it's like the waitress comes up and she's like, you Dr. Love. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't introduce yourself as like, I'm Dan, I'm Donnie, but you can call me Dr. Love. <laughs> I definitely used to. Yeah. <laughs> played into that role a little uh, too seriously back in the day. Yeah. Uh, this is from Iris the Pen. Do you have any unreleased songs from Just a Rolling Stone you think could have potentially been a hit? So I mean, yeah, that was that was a that was a huge problem. So I know so Iris the Pen, he was on a show back in the day too. I I'm I follow him on social media. Um he's a cool dude. What's up? Um but we we had a whole album made that so I vibed really well with this producer named Seven. Um, he was big. He did a lot of Ashanti stuff in the 2000s. And then me and him, he just, I give him the credit of what you were saying, like what Wade Robson kind of did for you guys live with your tour and stuff. He's the guy that kind of helped me find that just like person that I was becoming, that brand, the sound, changing my tone. Like back then, here I was going through vocal coaches and like singing, trying to sing perfectly. He was the guy that came in and he was like, no, we got to rough that up. And he's, he just like took my whole studio experience to another level where it was like, so he came from like Prince's camp and he would have doves in the room and he would have a fog machine going and we would have candles and burn sage. And like, yeah, he just like set this aura. Yeah, we got, yeah, why don't we do this for a podcast? Yeah. This is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you give me some great ideas. Put some doves <laughs> on the tree back there. <laughs> so still to this day, that's like, we do it. When we get into our real creative sessions, that's what we do in here. And he's like, he kind of gave us that whole like tone and mood just to create an experience and an environment that you get into and you just like, like disconnect from reality. Nice. So uh, who should we be looking forward to? Do you, do you know what new artists are about to come out? Anyone you're working with right now that you, you, you need to let us know about? Yeah, I mean, we, we have a few. So there's one I definitely want to mention, especially to, to the followers of your podcast that I feel like would love this dude, Dougie. Mm -hmm, yeah. So if, if you follow at it, Dougie. It, Dougie. Dougie okay. All right. This kid is extremely talented. And he's, he's just, he has the whole entire package. So when you guys, when you guys check him out and everybody that's on here follows him, you'll see what I'm talking about. He could dance, he could sing, he has the look. Um, we also have an artist that we've been kind of taking under our wing that we worked with for a long time. She goes by Sammy S V M M I. You can find her. Ooh, like a little Jake action. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. Okay, so I love, you I know, love what, you know what happens here? It's like, we work with a lot of extremely talented people and it's like exactly what you said. You hear these people with these golden voices and it's like, how did they get cut from round one of American Idol where they could probably out sing everybody that made it onto the show in wow. the 12 years we've had this studio. It's like, there's been a couple people that I've been like, this person is definitely going to make it, but they just never got that big break or they gave up too soon. I mean, well, I can girl, it, especially these days, you know, when I grew up, you know, in the 80s and 90s, there were no competition shows. There were no making the bands. There yeah. wasn't any kind of thing you could watch on TV and be like, oh, I could do that. But then when the American Idols and the making the band started, so all these kids that are born, you know, at two years old and they're watching these shows, they start dreaming of it right then. So yeah. they got such, they got more of a head start than all of us did. Yeah. They started training since they were so young. So now 
The yeah. crop of talent out there is insane. I mean, I mean, look at the voice, all those incredible, incredible talented people. And you don't even know one of their names, like the yeah. best singers in the world. And not one of them have, has really hit. Uh, just right there how much talent yeah it's so oversaturated i mean that's even everything in general is like social media youtube these tv shows we we warn a lot of artists about that getting onto these shows that's still not the holy grail it's like the shows are almost more about the judges now and their stories and the stuff that's happening between them and then they put music out after the season ends and their albums and single releases do very good and then the people on the shows get forgotten about. They're afraid to do anything. Mm -hmm. That's one of the big pieces of advice we give to people is like, you're signing these crazy contracts, non-disclosures. They tell you don't post on social media. We're like, just do it. <laughs> you get this 15 minutes of fame that people are looking for your account while your one or two episodes aired, post some stuff. Yeah. And that's what we do. We get people ready. We like pre-film content and Tell them, like, don't be afraid. Don't let the contract scare you into wasting your chance to capitalize on the people coming to see your page. Yeah. I mean, and like I always say, you know, it's when that opportunity, you know, success is what's the, the calculation of success. It's uh, oh, uh, oppor opportunity plus, plus uh, 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 it's uh, uh, one of those things. One of those words. success. <laughs> We're so good. We're so good at giving great advice on the show. Opportunity. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, preparation. Yeah. It's opportunity equals success. So yeah, you got to take advantage of that. Um, all right, Matt and Donnie, I need to hear what y'all are watching yeah. right now. We like to give our listeners uh some good recommendations of what we're binging, what movies we're seeing. So what what are we what are we watching? Watching mm, that's a good either. question. Any TV shows? Oh, it's so a ton of Doc McStuffins, Peppa Pig, <laughs> oh, Spidey and his amazing friends. Are you are y'all into Bluey yet? Bluey. Oh, all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been, it's been a little tough to uh get into any shows for me yeah. right now with the with the babies. It's just been like baby land. Uh what about you, Matt? With teenagers, do you get to watch The Bachelor? Uh, uh, a little bit, <laughs> uh, maybe like Outer Banks. I think that was oh, it. I love Outer Banks. I know we need to. I saw the first season, loved it, and then I just found out a couple of weeks ago there's now five seasons, and yeah, yeah. I've it missed it all. Pretty cool. Pretty cool show. Well, we had them on. <laughs> we had them on my old radio show oh, when yeah. they first premiered. When it first came out. Um, and man, those those fans are yeah. crazy. Oh, yeah, those guys back on, they were great. Yeah um all right guys well this has been awesome getting to know you guys um we definitely want to stay in touch with you so tell everyone how everyone can stay in touch with you on social media yes you can follow our studio account it's at loft sound studio that's l-o-f-t probably see it all behind us here and then my account's at donnie clang my tiktok pretty much just started blowing up after our group got back together we posted we so our group moved all over the country one guy's in arizona one guy's in maryland we finally got together for the first time in 15 years we posted a singing clip and it got like over a million, million views. views overnight no, wait, wait, wait so you're burying the lead so the band's back together what else so what's happening after this now well everybody's back we started making some originals again yeah. <laughs> really nice it's very hard with you know, adult life and kids, and especially the fact that th that half of everybody is living out of state. Yeah, that's but, uh, hard. You know, I you know I'm friends with the O Town guys uh, and Backstreet Boys, and 
Yeah. You know what? They just make it work, and especially with O Town because they yeah. are just in every city. Yeah. Um, and some have little kids. Um, but you know, it's just all about communication and yep. saying, okay, look guys, like obviously being dad is number one, but let's figure out how, like, this is the amount of time I need off. This is what I can mm-hmm. do. Uh, just so as long as everyone's on the same page, yeah. it's we, we, we sang, we sang all or nothing yeah. by Oak Town. We just uh, sang the chorus quick and the video, we just kept refreshing it. It was like a hundred thousand, 200,000. We were like, this is insane. First, First time we get back together in 15 years and the first thing we post it was nah, great. give the people what they want they'll tell you what about you yeah what about you guys what about a reunion <laughs> oh you guys have to get back together now. well we'll work on that we'll work on that so guys thank you so much for joining us uh definitely yeah, want to awesome. stay in touch now we're going to follow you on our tiktok and help blow yeah. your stuff up because we give you know we give people the frosted tips oh yeah oh oh the frosted tips bump. the front the frosted tips it bump. used to be the dirty pop bump yeah that's my old show, show but now it's upgraded yeah yeah we've i mean we started doing leap up i mean prove me wrong prove me I wrong can't, i can't tell you how long we both had frosted tips i think you still have frosted tips right no i'm just going to like purple frosted. now yeah, so this will eventually frosty. purple tipped yeah <laughs> all right guys so good to meet you guys yeah, meet you, you again and uh, we'll talk to you again very soon. Congratulations on everything. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye, y'all. Have a good one, y'all. Bye. What lovely guys. Yeah. I like getting to know people. Me too. This is what I love about the show. Most of the people we've had on already have known. And it's you hard. Know. You know, it's like. I'm asking the question that I already know. You know the answer. With interviews like this, where I don't really know anything about them, it's just so it's so interesting to me because well, I don't know what's happening. And I think it's better interviews in mm-hmm. a lot of the ways because like you're really actively listening to the mm-hmm. answers. Because before, when you know the answers, you're yeah. kind of half listening because you've heard the story so many times. Mm-hmm. Now you're like actually like hanging on to everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good guys. I'll be following them and now following them on TikTok. The band's back together. Getting the band back together. You I wish, I wish we. Come I wish on. they would have done that after Frosted Tips because then we could have claimed that we got two groups back together. I know. Yeah. Because that's we're doing the Lord's work here. You are, yeah. yeah. Getting the bands back together, guys. Amen. Um, all right, guys, we are off to play group right now. So our kids, yeah, they're in this like it's, it's summer camp it's they summer call it, camp, but yeah. it's an hour at a basically a playground. Um, they do it twice a week, and it's so funny because our kids. <laughs> so we go. It's going to be at our preschool, and yeah. uh, and it's just it's the most incredible little play area it's so cute i mean i want to live in this playground oh me too uh but you know they sit in circles and read books and they sing songs they do these little you know little activities and then they just play. um except our kids oh yeah ours are the only ones that will not sit in a circle will not and our kids don't even play with each other no violet's in the treehouse over here and he's pushing buttons over here and yeah. he's pouring water on things <laughs> just doing his own little thing all by himself Both like total loners as yes. everyone's being perfect and little you know I sitting know. in their parents lap so uh yeah we have very independent children they are very uh yeah they have their own minds we're gonna do it but this is second week so i'm excited to it's the cutest. let them go have fun and they're meeting all these little friends and i'm having the best time there too oh yeah good time i'm selfishly going for myself we have to we need to bring a backup uh, of clothes oh, because yeah. i didn't know that there would be water attached water to this yeah uh, and they immediately go to the water and dump it on each other's heads i mean alexander just takes the water and just pours it on himself the like best. like that's an activity oh we forgot to tell our big milestone 
All right, so, oh my God, we should have discussed this. We are now getting into the potty training, which I didn't think we would get into so early. Um, but they started, you know, hadn't, you know, looking at their diamond being like, ooh, pee pee yeah, pee. I'm like, oh, maybe they're saying pee pee poo poo. Aware now. Uh, so Alexander sat on his little toilet twice. Twice now. And did a poo. Mm-hmm. We have a poo, folks. And we have it on. Uh, and photo. we have a nice photo, which we're not going to post. We're not going to share. Because he will kill us in well, the future. Yeah. yeah. Let's not let's not show our children's poop. Uh, no, no, but we're very proud of it. It could have been an accident, but it was. But it, was it happened so twice. We did, and then I made him sit on the uh, toilet another time, mm-hmm. and I can see him try to He's try to make you squeezing, and a little toot came out instead. Uh, well, you we have to teach him don't squeeze because you'll a get toot. hemorrhoids. Or as Bluey says, a fluffy, a fluffy. It's all right, guys, that's all the show we have for you. Uh, be good to each other. I don't drink and drive. Take uh-uh. care of those animals. Yes. We'll see you next time on, on Frosted Test. But until then, stay, stay frosted. frosted. Hey, thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at Frosted Tips with Lance and Michael Turgenar. And at Lance Bass for all your pop culture needs. And make sure to write us a review and leave us five stars, six if you can. See you next time.